We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to It's a Crime. I'm Linda. And today I have a very special case for you. It's about the very first female serial killer in Idaho. It involves a woman, seven husbands, a brother-in-law, and a baby. There's a whole lot of deception, plus some pretty serious rewards attached to these plots to kill. This will be a two-part series. In this one, I will solely cover this woman. And in the next video, I'm going to show you some eerie parallels in another case. Can you guess which one it is? But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below. Hit that notification bell to all. Also, please share this video out where you can and give it a like. Now, let's get into it. The story begins with a girl named Anna Elizabeth Trueblood, born October 16, 1892 in Missouri. She went by the name Lida, well, for the most part. She was also called Flypaper Lida, Black Widow, and Lady Bluebeard, among other names. But more on that later. She had six other siblings, and her father, who was a farmer, moved the family to Twin Falls, Idaho, when Lida was around 14 years old. Now, growing up, Lida was considered to be one of the prettiest and most popular girls in her high school. She was described as five foot two, pretty, and petite, blue-eyed redhead. She was considered a good citizen in her community, and from the outside, she looked like a wonderful person. When she grew up, she was a wonderful wife, mother, and friend. But Lida held some serious secrets. On the inside, Lida was a calculated, cold-blooded killer and her victims were those who were most close to her. And she almost got away with it. In 1912, when Lida was 19 years old, she married a man named Robert Dooley. They were married on March 17, 1912, and started their new life together on a ranch in Twin Falls, Idaho, where they lived with Robert's brother, Ed Dooley. A year after their marriage, on September 16th, 1913, Lida and Robert welcomed a little baby girl named Lorraine Marie Dooley. Then, almost two years later, in August of 1915, began a string of bizarre and deadly events. Ed Dooley, Lida's brother-in-law and Robert's brother, died suddenly on August 15, 1915, at 38 years old. Death records show that he died from typhoid fever. Now, typhoid is a bacterial infection that can lead to a high fever, diarrhea, and vomiting. It can be fatal. And the infection is often passed on through contaminated food or drinking water and is more prevalent in places where hand washing is less frequent. It can also be passed on by carriers who do not know they carry the bacteria. What's interesting right away is Ed died just after obtaining a life insurance policy payable to both Lida and Robert. And his life insurance would pay the couple $2,000. Now remember, this is 1915, so $2,000 is a pretty decent amount of money. Now, two months after Ed's death, 
on October 1st, 1915, Lida's husband Robert Dooley died at the age of 28, and records show that Robert also died from typhoid fever. Now, Robert had life insurance as well, and luckily for Lida, she collected $2,500 on Robert's life insurance for a grand total now of $4,500 in just a few months. And not long after that, six weeks later, in fact, on November 30th, 1915, Lida's little toddler Lorraine passed away at the age of two years old, and it was ruled as typhoid fever as well. Lida insisted that little Lorraine died from drinking water from a dirty well. And in just three short months, Lida's husband, brother-in-law, and her little baby girl were all gone. Now, a year later on December 20th, 1916, Lida went on and married a man named William McAfee in Twin Falls, Idaho. She convinced William to move away to Hardin, Montana, around 550 miles away. Then, two years later, on October 20th, 1918, just two months shy of their second wedding anniversary, William died at the age of 29. His death record states he died of lobar pneumonia from the Spanish influenza or Spanish flu. He was buried back in Twin Falls, Idaho. But shoot, Lida could not collect on William's $5,000 life insurance policy because William had let it lapse and didn't make the payment. And it was said that Lida tried to pay the insurance premium after William died, but the payment was denied. And an interesting fact when I was researching was the death record of William states that he died on in October and he was buried in Twin Falls. But his headstone interestingly says December 22nd, 1918, that he died two months later. I find that very curious. I wonder why that is. Now, Lida is a widow for the second time, and she decides to move south to Colorado, Denver, Colorado, just 500 miles away. And well, not long after that, just under six months actually later, Lida marries husband number three. She marries an equipment salesman named Harlan C. Lewis on March 10, 1919. They make their way to Billings, Montana to settle down and then Four months later, on July 6th, 1919, Harlan dies at the age of 33, and his death record states he died of acute nephritis, and the secondary cause is acute gastroenteritis, which is kidney problems and stomach flu mixed together. Lida then goes on to collect Harlan's life insurance of $5,000, and in some sources say $10,000, and she was successful. Harlan is buried in Billings, Montana. Lida then decides to head back to Twin Falls, Idaho, but she changes her name to Anna May and then changes her last name from Lewis back to husband number two's last name, McAfee. She's now under the name Anna May McAfee. And so she gets a job at a cafe and everyone apparently enjoys her bright presence at the cafe. She was loved by members of the community. And Lida didn't stay single for long, not surprisingly. In true Lida style, she marries a ranch foreman named Edward F. Meyer. They were married on August 10th in 1920 in Pocatello, Idaho. But there's a twist to this. 
Edward met Lida while she was working at the cafe, and then they were secretly married. Now, they spent one night together at the Rogerson Hotel in Twin Falls, where Lida was staying. And the next day, Ed goes back to the ranch where he lives, and Lida continues to live in the hotel. Ed gets the impression that Lida is well off and that she owns a big ranch up in Montana. And a day after they got married, Lida got Ed to draw up a will with her as the beneficiary of his estate and tells Ed to go get a life insurance policy. And a few weeks into their marriage, towards the end of August, Lida goes to Ed's house and that same day cooks a meal for Ed and his farmhand named Ben Squires and they both were sick after eating this homemade meal. The farmhand completely recovered, but Ed was worse. He ends up going into the hospital and he did start to recover until Lida pays him a visit at the hospital where he takes a turn for the worst. Edward F. Meyer died September 7, 1920, five days shy of his 36th birthday. His cause of death, typhoid fever and secondary cause myocarditis. So Lida goes to collect on Edward's life insurance of $12,000. The insurance company, however, requested an autopsy first. When Lida was asked for permission for an autopsy, she responded, yes, you may go ahead and cut them all to pieces if you want to. Lida then splits town quickly without collecting and people started to talk. They began to gossip about how Lida didn't show any emotion when Ed died. There was a story right after Ed's funeral where Lida hung around the grave site and once everyone left, she actually started laughing while standing at his grave. And Edward's death now caught the attention of law enforcement. And in one book, it was stated that she had no compassion, no sorrow, not the way a young widow should act when her husband has just passed away in the shank of life. So Ed's peculiar death led to an investigation by a deputy named Val or Virgil Ormsby. Over the next few months, Deputy Ormsby backtracked throughout Lida's life, piecing together each little puzzle piece to this mystery. Now, the deputy went to Billings, Montana to investigate the death of husband number three, Harlan C. Lewis. And it was in Montana where the deputy found a drugstore where Lida had purchased large quantities of flypaper in the fall of 1918. She bought these just before her second husband, William McAfee, died. Now, flypaper back then was made with arsenic. They would attract flies and then they would die. A family who bought the McAfee house found a barrel full of flypaper in the basement and Deputy Ormsby believed that Lida boiled the arsenic out of the flypaper and used it to poison one or more of her husbands. It was also said in my research that they had found arsenic residue in a pot that Lida had used to boil uh, the poison. And when I look up arsenic poisoning and symptoms of it, here's what it says. Its ideal properties for sinister uses include its lack of color, odor, or taste when mixed in food or drink. It says it's readily available to all classes of society. This is way back when. Symptoms of arsenic poisoning were difficult to detect since they could mimic food poisoning and other common disorders. It says that it could provoke violent abdominal cramping, diarrhea, and vomiting, often followed by death from shock. So very much like what we see in the death records of 
her previous husband's. And so the nickname began Flypaper Lida. So Deputy Ormsby actually followed Lida's trail from Idaho to California, Mexico, and then finally to Hawaii, where Lida's new target, husband number five, was stationed. Paul V. Southard was a chief petty officer in the Navy. Lida had married him on November 23, 1920, under the name Eva Edith Meyer. And it was said that Paul applied for a $10,000 life insurance policy with Lida being, of course, the beneficiary. But about six months later, while Lida was married to Paul in the spring of 1921, and that's almost a year after Ed Meyer's death, who was husband number four, his body was exhumed and was found to contain enough arsenic to have caused his death. This led to the exhumation of Lida's other previous husbands. Their bodies were also found to contain lethal quantities of arsenic. Lida was arrested in Honolulu and charged with murder on April 22, 1921. She returned to Twin Falls, Idaho for the trial of a century that took place a few months later. She pled not guilty to all charges. Her trial made national headlines and had extensive coverage in the New York Times and the San Francisco Chronicle. At trial, an Idaho state chemist was questioned and he said he found about five grains of poison in Ed Meyer's body. Now the 12-man jury found Lida guilty and she was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years to life at the Idaho State Penitentiary in Boise, Idaho. Chief Petty Officer Southard, also known as husband number five, filed for divorce just after her arrest. Luckily for him, he wasn't killed. I'm sure he thought so too. Now, while in prison, a visitor described Lida as a plump and cheerful woman. She sold fancy needlework to visitors, and it was said that these visitors couldn't resist her appealing voice and sales pitch. And during her time in prison, she befriended a fellow prisoner named David Minton. When David was released from prison, he purchased a car and three weeks later, on the night of May 4th, 1931, he waited outside for Lida while she escaped. And the two made their way to Denver, Colorado before splitting up. Now there was a $50 reward poster for her return or her capture circulating after her escape describing Lida as prisoner number 3052, a 5 foot 2 and 142 pounds woman with light brown hair, blue eyes, a sallow complexion and a very shifty look. So while in Denver and while on the run, Lida marries another man, husband number six, Harry Whitlock. She worked for him as a housekeeper and a nurse to help with his ailing mother. And a year later in 1932, David Minton, her getaway buddy, was arrested in Denver. He confessed to law enforcement about Lida and where her whereabouts could be. Now, Lida left Denver when she heard that David had been arrested, and law enforcement eventually caught up to Lida, and she was found in Topeka, Kansas, when she was at the post office 15 months after her escape. And her husband, number six, Harry Whitlock, helped authorities capture Lida, and he divorced her in 1933. So back to prison she went. And it was said while she was in prison during both her stays, she repeatedly campaigned for a pardon and she was described as almost hysterical each time she was denied. So prison life back then was a little bit different than these days. 
Lyda must have had quite the personality because not only did she easily reel in her suitors, she won the likes of the prison warden. And he would actually allow some of the inmates, Lyda included, some extra perks, shall we say, and even left the prisons for little outings. In November 1933, 12 years into Lyda's sentence, Lyda and two other inmates went to Fox Theatre, it's now known today as the Egyptian, to see a movie called The Flying Devils. And one of the girls that accompanied her, her name was Marguerite Boggin, and she had an argument with her husband that resulted in a gunfight, a struggle over a gun, you could say, and her husband lost the battle and he was killed. She was later pardoned. And Angela Hopper, the other movie-going inmate, served as a city clerk in Boise, Idaho for 13 years, and just a few days before movie night, she had pleaded guilty to embezzling more than $50,000 from local improvement districts. And the three inmates, though, were not alone. Their friends, Mr. and Mrs. George Rudd, went with them. And George Rudd was, in fact, the warden of the Idaho State Penitentiary. But this isn't all that Warden Rudd did for the inmates. The day Angela Hopper was incarcerated, Warden Rudd took her for a joyride. He took Lida to visit her mother in Twin Falls, leaving her unsupervised for hours, it was said. And some extra free time was not too uncommon in the prison. Sometimes inmates were allowed to hike along the Boise River, play tennis, and have picnics outside of the prison walls. Warden Rudd saw these special privileges as simple acts of kindness to the prisoners in hopes to help them in their rehabilitation. And during this time as a warden, there wasn't one escape. Lida remained in prison until she was paroled in 1941. And the governor at the time actually voted against her release because he felt that in the interest of society that she would be best kept in prison. He was outvoted, however, by two of his colleagues on the parole board. And in the article that I found, it featured some quotes that were quite interesting. She says, I will never marry again. I have not met any man who would interest me. Religion is my whole life now. I guess she forgot what she said because once she was out of prison, yep, you guessed it, she gets married again for the seventh time. His name? Hal Shaw. And if you guess that he died too, well, there's a plot twist. He mysteriously disappeared two years into their marriage. And Lida now went by the name Anna E. Shaw and moved to Salt Lake City, where she died of a heart attack in 1958 at the age of 65 years old. She was walking home with a bag of groceries. She is now buried in Twin Falls, Idaho. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. 
They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. And there was actually a song written about her uh, by an unknown author in 1921 entitled Southard's Famous Apple Pie about her apple pies laced with arsenic. And when I was reading, it said the life insurance taken out on her four husbands and brother-in-law totaled about $30,000. And it says it's about $730,000 in today's money. Also, Lida's pattern of marrying and killing men for their life insurance is still studied a century later, it says, by psychiatrists and writers alike. So four husbands died, two divorced, and one mysteriously vanished, and there's a whole lot of money and one little toddler who got in the way of the almighty dollar. And every single one of Lida's victims all loved and cherished her. She was even said to be a very good wife. Well, other than their last homemade meals. Let's have a chit chat below. You can tell me who you think this is most like. I think we all know at this point. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and don't forget to share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. There he is. Lida and Robert welcomed a little baby girl named Lorraine Moraine. Lorraine Moraine. <laughs> Marie. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.